be confident. Be confident. You are confident. You are a good public speaker. You are a good public speaker. You can be a public speaker. Well, mind you, I, I don't think I've done much public speaking at all. Um, don't really practice, but I just told myself all that stuff. So I'm ready. Right, Chubbs? Yeah. Does this feel like something you guys hear often? Something like this that's kind of this uh, something you don't really have to do. You don't really have to do much to have confidence, but if you just tell yourself. Just tell yourself to be confident, and it'll come. Just say that you're good, and you'll be good. Yeah, that's not how it works, guys. Yeah, I, I had a coach recently tell me, yeah, you, you're a good goalie. Just just tell yourself, I'm going to save the puck. I'm going to save the puck. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really work like that, I found. Yeah, once once you start letting goals in, that strategy is not Out the gonna, window. Yeah, not very good. Yeah, so we use the public speaking analogy because I feel like this is a very feared topic. Yeah. People are very scared of public speaking. I think it's the number one fear in the world. 100%. It is. So people get very scared of it, but that yet a lot of people have to do it. Yeah. And we want to, we want to really analyze why people are scared of it. Why do you think people are scared of it, Polly? Well, I think people are scared of it because I don't think it's something people do a lot. Yeah. And I think they don't practice it. And I think, so it's not actually weird that people are scared of it. It's actually completely normal. Uh, yeah, it makes it was, a lot of sense. If you don't practice something, then you're not going to be good at it in theory. So then you won't be confident in it. Why would you be confident? Like competence equals confidence, right? That's exactly right, Jobs. So we need to practice something. And if we know we're good at that thing, we're going to be confident when we're doing it. What is confidence? Confidence is the belief in one's ability to do whatever it is. So yeah. if I'm, you know... I, if I play video games with my little cousin, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not very confident. Like, I, I want to beat his ass as bad as the next guy. Yeah, he's what, like 13 or 14? Ah, that little bastard beats me a lot, to be honest. But the reason why he gets the sticks in his hand, and he looks, I mean, he's an intimidating little 13-year-old guy because he's so, he's just dripping with swag well, and I mean, confidence. I mean, he's working like, what, five to eight hours a day at it? That's what he does. Yeah. So when I pick up the sticks once every six months and I try to beat them, it doesn't usually go great for me. Yeah. No. So what we're trying to say, guys, it doesn't even matter what age you are with confidence. It matters the activity and whether you know or believe that you can complete the task at hand. Yeah, and that's why Chubbs and I are so excited to share with you guys this podcast today, this episode, because confidence, I believe, is significantly misunderstood. Yes, it, it's something well, that we both experienced and something that I personally really experienced uh, a misunderstanding of what true confidence really looks like. Yeah. And I mean, you've had a lot of work with this, too. You work with sports psychologists, right? <laughs> oh, I've worked with some sports psychologists, Chubbs. Uh, yeah. I've worked with mindset coaches. Uh, you guys, I mean, you guys would die laughing if you see all the stuff that I used to do with sports psychology and sports specific coaches that I met with face to face, like, and my dad, God bless him. He would spend hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And, and I mean, these people have all the credentials in the world. Oh, doctor this and doctor that. And you know what, you know, and I'm not saying all sports psychology is a gimmick, but I mean, guys, I found it to be an absolute gimmick. So, I mean, take that for what it is. Yeah. We're thinking you're going to get some good uh, psychology lessons right here for free. Yeah. So 
going a little bit into hockey, guys. Like we've talked about hockey before. Chubbs and I play hockey, so I'm I'm a goalie. So is Chubbs, and and people say that that's a very oh that's a mentally oriented position, right, Chubbs? Yeah, and like, it is. Oh yeah, I, I mean. I, I've heard the old saying is goaltending is 90% mental and then the other 10% in your head. Yeah. You know, I don't know about that. Yeah. (laughs) There's a couple other things you need, but uh, the point is, it's a, you need to be mentally tough to play the position. Absolutely. Pretty much everyone knows that and understands that. So I was searching for this as, you know, a teenager when I was trying to get good enough to play at high levels, when I was trying to be good enough to play division one college and, and pro hockey. Yeah. So what I ran into. Yeah. What were some things you were told? Well, that's the thing. I, all these guys I met with, I didn't find it really helped because a lot of it was, a lot of it was oriented around positive affirmations. Like, yes. okay, so we sit down face to face, yeah, and the mental coach, who's getting paid a shit ton of money, is telling me, "Hey, you need to be confident. You need to okay. You're you're a good goalie. You can move side to side. You know, you can react to the puck. You can." Yeah. Right? Hey, tell me a specific instance in your life where you played a game that was just amazing. So I tell him, oh, I was doing this while I was doing that while I was on fire. He's like, that's the feeling. That's the feeling you need. You're going to do that. You're going to do that this weekend when you play. You're going to do it. And I get jazzed up. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, he's right. Freaking right, you know? Yeah. But then, like, the game rolls around, and maybe I'm feeling that buzz still. I'm feeling good. And then the first puck goes by me. Now you're in trouble. Okay, what the hell's going on? I thought yeah. I thought I had it mentally. Well, well buddy said you were good. Yeah. <laughs> My sports psychologist said I was going to stop the puck. Uh, we're four minutes into the game. You know we're what? down. Yeah, you know what? Let's call let's call a quick timeout. Maybe we can uh, talk to him again or something. Yeah, that was the thing, Chubb. So this guy, like, and, and I don't want to say this guy because there were numerous sports psychologists I saw that I would I would go to them and, and then they would fire me up and then maybe yeah, I would have I, a good day of practice. I do think they genuinely mean well. Yeah, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying they didn't really help me. It was ineffective. It was ineffective for me, and I find that it would be ineffective for... Anybody. Yeah, ju- I mean, I would say it, it, everyone. Let's be honest. So so anyway, I'm saying like I, I meet a sports psychologist. I get juiced. I get jacked up. You know, maybe I have a good practice, a good game, but then adversity hits. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I have a bad game or a bad practice, or the coach yells at me. Something small. The coach would yell at me. Something that's going to happen. Something that is inevitable. It's happened to every hockey player that's ever existed. And then, what do I got to do? I got to call that sports psychologist again. Hey, buddy. uh, Here's another 125 bucks. Yeah, uh, you know, hey, dad, swipe the card, okay? Uh, Yeah, things are going great for like four days, and then uh, I played this really bad game, and I don't know what happened, and I didn't feel good, and I need you to fix me. Yeah. And there was, I was so reliant on everything and everyone else. Yeah. Except for myself. When it came to my own confidence. Yeah. And then, well, kind of what I want you to get into is we started training together. And that experience was maybe a little bit different for yourself from what you've told me. <laughs> so I'll, I'll have to pump Chubbs' tires just a little bit right now, which I hate doing. Uh, yeah, you know, he knows it. We have a, a bit of a rivalry. But uh, he was uh, upperclassman when I was a freshman at, at our school. And... He just seemed like such a confident guy. Like he was having a great season. Um, he was playing, you know, playing at a very, very high level. He just seemed everywhere I saw this guy, whether it was in the gym, on the ice, you know, out socially, he seemed to have this, you know, this uh, contagious confidence about him. So I asked him one day at the end of the season, I said, man, like you're so confident. Like 
what do you do? Like, what do you listen to to get this confidence? And then he, I remember this. He paused for a few seconds and looked at me like I was from outer space. I was like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Yeah, that, that didn't make any sense to me. No, he didn't understand it at all. So then I'm thinking, I'm, first, I'm younger than this guy, and I'm scared of him at the time. And yeah. I'm like, uh, well, I'm just, I, I don't seem to, confidence has always held me back, I'm telling him. And it's prevented me from really like excelling, I think, in a lot of situations in hockey. And you seem to have a lot of it. Yeah. And he said, and, and I, I had never really struggled with confidence, nor worked with sports psychologists, so I never, I never really understood the point of view Paulie was coming from. But I, I, I did know things that worked, and I believe they would work for everybody. So, do you remember what you told me, Jobs? Not exactly. He said, "Man, don't overthink it." Just <laughs> don't See, overthink. These, these things are so simple. It doesn't even make sense for me to tell people it anyway. Yeah. He was just like, man, don't overthink it. That's that's let's just, I mean, that's a big thing for people overthinking. Yeah. We can stop there for a second. Yeah. It, it, guys, you're just hurting yourself. Like you're running scenarios in your head that will never happen. Like you're, you're thinking, okay, what if I go to a game and let in seven or eight goals? Well, guess what? That's probably not going to happen because you're going to get pulled before that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to have to worry about that. You know, no, it's true. Like I'm going, I'm going to work and, and there's a new boss. And what if the boss doesn't like me? Yeah. Exactly. Why are we worrying about that? Yeah. That's completely out of our control. And once you start worrying about things that are out of your control, you're in a lot of trouble. And that's where I was most of my life. And that's why not only did my hockey suffer because honestly, hockey is a very small part of life. Okay. What suffer like my whole life, my whole being, how I was socially, it all suffered. Yes. And this is what I'm talking. This is why I want to tell you guys, because I feel it's so important from from my own experience and from the struggles I went through. Yeah. You know, we think it have it can have a strong impact in all areas of your life. Yeah. So when I had this conversation with Chubbs, the, the next thing he said after he said, don't overthink it was do the things that you have control over. Yeah. Focus, focus on those. On yeah. Work really hard. And the things that aren't going to help you don't think about. Yeah. And I was waiting for this long philosophical answer like you know, uh, at least 30, 40 minutes long. Yeah. And he gave me like eight seconds. Yeah. But to be honest, it sounds easier than it is as well. It's not something that comes naturally to people, especially if you've been in that thought pattern for a long time. And that's where like being confident, I feel like everyone's looking for this complicated answer. And I, I sure as hell know I was. Yeah. It's a very short, very simple answer. Yeah. It's just hard to execute. Yeah. So don't confuse. It, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, it takes practice. Literally, it takes practice. Yeah. So I found that in my own hockey career and in my life, my confidence grew when I started to adapt. And, and honestly, that day, I started to try to implement it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. knew. Paulie is a very good listener, and he works very hard when you try to teach him something. So he he is very skilled in it. And, and, and given the way Chubbs was as a person and given the way he, he was as a player that year, I had a lot of reason to believe him. And, and, and I said, okay, I'm going to try this. So I did. And I saw, so I was someone at school that I didn't really play a lot. So Chubbs has kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Like his, his last year of his career, he, he played a lot and did excellent. Yes. I, I didn't really play a lot. So I was always working to be that guy that could play. And obviously goaltending, you know, there's one net. So one guy plays at a time. So it's a tough position. Like you, you I mean, you got to be number one. So I was, pushing and pushing to try to be that guy. And I remember this when I came into my senior year, I, I had put in so much work by then. Yeah. So I, from freshman year to senior year, I dedicated myself uh, and I spent literally all day long 
to try to become this person and this player that I wanted to be. So by senior year, I'll be honest with you guys, I was dripping with confidence. Yeah. Because I had done the work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there is one story I do want you to tell the people. I want you to tell them about how you went up in split squatting. Yeah, so I remember this. So I was, my first day training with Chubbs, I was nervous as hell. And we were doing a split squat exercise. Uh, and, and Chubbs had asked me, like, what do you usually use for this? I said, ah, like 110, 115. Yeah. And he was like, okay, you're going to do 225 today. Yeah. And I, I, I thought he was joking, so I kind of giggled. He's like, no, 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 you'll be fine, I promise. And I was scared as hell. I'm like, I, I've never done this before. He's like, I, I know you're strong enough to do this. I'll be there spotting you. Yeah. Do it. I, I knew I knew Paulie was strong enough to do it. He just needed to learn that he was strong enough to do it. And that was what happened. So this was a, such a groundbreaking, like life-changing experience for me, this one little exercise. Yeah. So it, it literally broke mental barriers for you almost instantly. Well, what happened, Chubbs, what happened was I did the 225. I did it for six reps. I think I did three sets. Now, meanwhile, I didn't think I could do one rep. And after I was done, I remember putting the bar back thinking, holy shit, I didn't die. Yeah. And then I remember taking a couple steps away from the rack and thinking, wow, I wonder what else could be possible for me in my life Absolutely. that I didn't think was possible. That's, that's, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted Polly to think. And that's how I feel like that was my first step in really gaining this confidence. Because up until then, I was just trying to find confidence from other people, other things, yeah. telling myself I'm great. And you were doing a lot of the same things that other people were doing. So why would you be more confident than them? Yeah, that's a great so point. Most people, when they're doing split squatting, even in college, you're doing maybe 135. Yeah, exactly. So, so we've almost doubled that. And now you might feel stronger than a lot of people in the gym, and you're going to feel confidence from that. Well, it's it's anything in life. Like, look at the workplace. Yeah. You're putting in your you know required eight hours a day. And then somebody else is putting in 12 hours yeah. working on weekends. And, oh, wow, that, that man or that woman is just so confident. Yeah. They're putting in the work. Absolutely. They're doing the things required to be confident. Yes. So that's kind of like what happened with me. So when we were doing this and we were doing this training, I was thinking about the guys I was competing against, the guys I was competing with. And I was, and Chubbs, I think you agree with this. I was doing way more than those people. In a sense, in a sense of time, yes. Yeah, I was putting in a lot of work. Yeah. So that's how my confidence grew. Yeah. And I, again, I'm a guy that's not really playing. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant before you were doing the. No, no, no. This stuff. is after I started okay. training with you. Yes. And I started to put in more work. Yes. And more work. More real work. Yeah. Hard work. Yes. Not not doing the, not the, fake the work. soft weights, you know, just yeah. saying to the people I, I went to the gym. Yeah. Which is what I was doing before. Like, let's not make a mistake about that. Yeah. I was putting in time. Oh, an average amount of time, and I was doing things that other people were doing. I started putting in way more time than everyone else. Yeah. I started doing more things that guys weren't willing to do, weren't willing to run the hills early in the morning. They weren't willing to go up and wait, push themselves outside their comfort zone. Yeah. They weren't willing to wake up at 6.30 and skate in the morning by themselves with the lights off. Yeah. So when I started doing this, Chubbs, I started to gain so much confidence. Yeah. So sophomore year to junior year to senior year, I'm still not playing, mind you. And my confidence is growing and growing and growing. And some guys, like older guys, my classmates, they, they didn't understand. Like, man, how are you so confident? I'm like, my, my confidence isn't based on the coach telling me I'm playing that day or not. Yeah. My confidence is based on who I am. Yeah. Well, let's just, I'll just give you a rundown of what Polly was doing. Polly was skating twice a day, usually at least Monday through Thursday. Yep. Where, whereas most guys were skating once. 
And Paulie was working out maybe six, seven times a week, if not more. Whereas most guys are working out two or three times. So both those scenarios, he's doing twice as much as other guys. Now, if you just think about that logically, you're going to feel pretty good about yourself and you're going to feel confident in what you can do. And, and that's what happened to Polly. And it's not just a hockey thing. It's, a, it's an everything in life. Yeah, and Chubbs, if you were to ask me if I gained confidence when I was in the summers and I would work out for two hours, then go skate for an hour and a half, then come home and learn something, and then go back to the gym and work out for another two hours, if that was giving me confidence... Hell yeah, it was giving me confidence. Yeah, see, people people think of confidence solely in the mental aspect, but it, that's not where it begins. It begins physically with the work you're putting in, and it, it has to be hard work, and you have to know or truly believe that it's hard work. Yeah, and, and when guys, when I was doing this, two workouts a day plus a skate, and I know some other guys might have been, you know, on the boat, yeah. on the beach, relaxing. All those take, cool Instagram photos. Yeah, like yeah. Take any, Instagram photo shoots there. Yeah, maybe they're out at the bar. Yeah. That was giving me even more confidence. Yeah. So all these things are growing Polly's confidence. Polly right. doesn't need to continue telling himself be confident anymore because he has true core confidence. And I've found, and Chubbs has found the same thing too, confidence is very hard to fake. Yeah. It, it can't be faked. It has to be real. It has to be genuine. And when I, when I was a senior, I was actually out with an injury uh, for the first part of training camp. So all these new freshmen come in, and we had a big freshman class, and, you know, we, we started like, I'm in the locker room still. And, you know, I can't, I just can't skate on the ice and we're talking and, you know, whatever those guys to a man thought I was the guy. They thought I was the starting goalie. Yeah. They didn't realize that I was not, yeah. that I had barely been playing my whole career. Yeah. And when the first game rolled around that season and I wasn't playing, a lot of guys messaged me like, man, what the hell happened? Why aren't you playing? The older guys were like, oh, yeah, the coach doesn't really play this guy very much. The young guys didn't know that. Yeah, because they, they, they could see and feel your genuine confidence. And I, and, and I was confident. But as a freshman, I was not confident. Yeah. I wasn't doing the things to make myself confident. Exactly. It's, it's a very simple formula. It's hard to do. And it goes back to how we started this. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It goes back. Comp, confidence is confidence. And Paulie knew that he could play at that level now. And that gave him that genuine confidence. So that's, that's more Polly's story about what we wanted to talk about. But I myself actually have a story that started a couple of years before I met Polly. And uh, I, was, I was 16, and I had always been a fairly cocky person, but it was more of a fake confidence, I would say. Yep. And it, it was fake in the sense that I wasn't truly putting in the work. And even though I was cocky, I didn't truly believe I was a great player. So I remember going, I'm from Western Canada, and I remember going to WHL Swift Grand Broncos camp as a 16-year-old. And, I mean, I'm not a bad goaltender. I got the invite to the camp. That's good. But I was very nervous. I remember this, like, overwhelming feeling of nervousness. And I never thought about it at the time, but the reason for that wasn't because I wasn't not working with a sports psychologist. It's not because I needed a sports psychologist. <laughs> it's because I needed to work. Yeah. And... Yeah, when I was 17, 18, I finally figured this out and I put in well about seven or eight years of good work. And with all that good work, I gained a ton of confidence, as Polly saw. Yep. But when I was 24, 25, I remember going to Philadelphia Flyers camp and it was a completely different person. And I was far less nervous to go to the Philadelphia Flyers camp than I was to go to a junior hockey camp with the Swift Current Broncos which is, I mean, I, I feel like people might not be able to believe this, 
but it's something that happened to me. And that's why I believe so strongly in this strategy. Yeah. And then like for as a listener, you think this guy's straight out of college. He's going to NHL camp. Yeah. That'd be the most nerve wracking thing he ever does in his life. Yeah, I mean, competing against Simmons, Voracek, you know, Hartnell, all those guys. Yeah. The best hockey players in the world. Yes. Giroux. Yeah. The list goes on. Yeah. It was something. Ray Emery, who was a beauty, rest in peace, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was something guys. And it's because of all those hours. And I put in, I put in time, like more time than anybody I have ever seen personally. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that work hard out there, but I'm just, I'm just being honest. I, I believe I worked harder than almost anybody over the course of those five, six years. So why would I be nervous? There was no reason to be nervous. And there's the thing with Chubbs, too. Like, I've seen guys, and we've, we've all been around these people, whether it's inside or outside of the sports arena, that are, are so hell-bent on doing things when people are watching, yeah. that when the coach is around, when the boss is around, when the teacher's around, they want to show how hard-working they are then. Yeah. And it's, it's true. Sometimes you can fool people. Yeah, the thing is, you might be able to fool a coach temporarily. But even if you can fool the coach or the boss... You will not fool yourself. Which is the most important person in confidence. Yeah, because confidence is from within. Yeah. And that's where I found the problems. Even when I had streaks of confidence during my life, it was it was not from within. It was all external. I, I from play, the results that you had. Maybe you play a good game. Okay, now I'm confident. Yeah, exactly. Or like what the coach thinks. Or, you know, I had a coach in, in junior hockey, Chubbs. Mike Adessa was his name. If anyone knows Mike, he's a little out there. Okay, he's... He's won the national championship with RIT in the past. And he has a lot of credentials. And he told me before I came, he's like, you're going to hate my guts. And he was right. I hated him, I mean, more than anyone I've ever met. But what he was doing, and I can see this years later after playing for him, he was trying to create a man. He was trying to create a confidence. So he was very hard on me. I mean, very, like harder than anyone's ever been on me. And I, I kind of gained this. I, I learned how to attack him. And I learned how to, how to handle I, I, what he wanted me to get, I got. Yeah. So I applied that strategy, and by the end of the season, I had confidence. Confidence in dealing with him. Exactly. And then I was going out there, I was playing good. I was, I was playing well, well, well. Then the next season rolled around, and I had a different coach. Yeah. And I. So now you have to learn everything, start over. Exactly. So I didn't think, like, wow, I just had a really good finish to the year. I'm a confident player now. I was thinking, shit. I'm at ground zero again. How the hell am I supposed to do it now? Yeah, because it was that external confidence in dealing with the situation that you were in. Exactly. And, and maybe we can bring up a common situation for people here is, I mean, a lot of people go out. They go out. They like to have a nice time. Oh, yeah. But when they go out, they feel like they need to have four, five, six beers or more. And that's something that maybe because they feel uncomfortable in the situation, they don't know how to deal with it. They don't believe that they can socialize and be effective or have a good time without that. Right. Yeah. Oh, they, they. I mean, how many guys do we know, Chubbs? That they they can't approach a girl unless they're six, ten beers deep. Yeah. Which is when we think about it, not very, not a good thing. Because now every time we're approaching a girl, we have to have a, a lot of beers. Yeah, a lot of beer skis. It can be a dangerous formula. Yeah. I mean, so now, yeah, no, that's that's not effective, guys. We want to have that core confidence, and we want to have it in ourselves, and we want to be able to go up to people, women. And we want to be able to say whatever we want to say. And if we get rejected, that's okay. And that's, that's what the core confidence is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, I don't think we go around asking women 
they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I want the guy who's the smooth talker, but he needs 10 beers to be able to come up and talk to me. No. And and, and they don't want the guy that's going up to them and being like, oh, do, do you like me? Like, is, is this, am I good? Is this, okay, no. Am I doing okay? Am I doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do you want to, you know, grab a beer? Do you, do you maybe want? No. They want a man. They want somebody who's confident. And it's it's hard to fake, guys. I told you. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you can fool a girl after eight, ten beers. But you're not going to fool her outside the bar. And I'm telling you right now, there's no woman that wants you to be the father of her children when you can't have a conversation without having X amount of beers. No. All right, we need the confidence to come with, from within, not from the bottle. Absolutely. Or not from any other crutch in life. So what I, what Chubbs and I both challenge you right now is if you are that person that needs something, you need the, the approval of the coach or, or you need the six to eight beers to talk to this girl you've been trying to talk to for the last year, cut it out. Yeah. That's it. Don't do it. Okay? You need to practice developing and, and this it's confidence. And it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. You're, the first time you do it, it's not going to feel great. But you're going to develop a confidence through being in those situations and learning to deal with them. You're going to develop a true confidence, which is going to be much more effective for you in life. Yeah, I mean, again. Like, Polly, what, what are you thinking when you go up to a girl? I'm not thinking, holy shit, I hope she likes me. Holy shit, I hope she likes me. No, because I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to introduce myself. And at the end of the day, if she doesn't like it or she doesn't like me, she can kiss my ass. We'll move on. Yeah, well, like, judge me. Yeah. You know, like, what do I give a yeah, shit? Yeah, judge me. Come Seriously. on. Seriously. This is a joke, right? <laughs> like, we get pretty fired up about this thing. This is anything in life. Like, what am I, am I going to a hockey camp being like, oh, I, I'm scared of them judging me? No, judge me. I've been on the ice for 10,000 hours in the last 10 years. Like, come on. Really? You think I'm scared of your judgment? It doesn't matter to me. I promise you. I know who I am. And that's what we need. We, if you know who you are, you're not going to give a shit that this boss doesn't particularly like you or this coworker doesn't, it gives you a dirty look every once in a while. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, not everybody's going to like you guys. Get over it. If you're going through life, and we've said this before, just trying to please everyone and get everyone to like you, you're, you that's going to be a total shit storm. I'm just being honest with you. It's yeah. not going to go well. Absolutely. Okay, so, so be, you got to be the person, you got to be the person who you want to be, okay? So, so if, if you're trying to develop this confidence, or maybe you don't have confidence to go in a room and talk to a girl or go, go into a room and talk to a boss, maybe start evaluating, okay, what am I doing? Absolutely. Okay? Look, and, look at yourself. Yeah, so the boss, I hate when the boss comes around. I hate when I have to talk to him or her. It's, well. well maybe, shit, maybe that's because you don't get your work done. Yeah, maybe you're screwing around at your desk a little bit. Yeah, I know, I know when I was a kid back in the day, it was, I was always nervous by the teachers because I never had my work done. Yeah. So that's normal. Oh, it's that, like, wasn't, that wasn't a confident issue. That was a getting my work done issue. It's like, I think everyone can probably relate to this. When I, when I would sit down in school for a test, most of the time, I'll be honest with you guys, forgive me, parents, I wasn't very confident because I hadn't studied. Yeah. And Not then I see other kids that are, I mean, they're buzzing into class. You're the first ones to sit down and you're like, oh, look at that guy, a teacher's pet, you know? But that's because that guy studied. Yeah, he worked he, his he, ass off. He knows what's on the test. Why would he be nervous? No, like, he, you're, you're not a bad test taker. You just haven't, you just don't know the material. And we're not saying you're never going to be nervous in life. No. Obviously, right? Like, nerves are a good thing. Like, I, I go into a hockey game, Chubbs goes into a hockey game, we're nervous. Yeah, they give you energy. And, and it means you care, right? So yeah, that's exactly. But so. we're saying that you're not, there's a difference between I have some nerves, some good energy that I can put forward on the ice or in that test versus 
uh, I'm scared and I don't feel confident because I didn't do the work. And you can tell yourself, I could sit down on that test and say, hey, Polly, you're, you're confident. You're a good test taker. You can do this, man. And then the test gets passed out. I'm like, holy shit. What? I don't know the first answer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm done. My confidence is done. <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen for me today. And then you start doing the math in your head. Like, shit, how many can I miss to still pass the test? Oh, shit. Yeah. And then and then it's okay. multiple choice, right? So you're like, well, if I, I'll probably get one out of four right anyway. I think I heard the answers usually C. You yeah. know, like you're yeah. playing these games in your head where, yeah, yeah. oh shit, why do they, why do they hand out different tests to people? I could have just copied off a buddy next to me, but I don't know what test he has. Yeah. So if you want to be a good test taker, instead of telling yourself, be confident or looking at your parents and say, Hey, sweetheart, you're going to do great. You're such a great boy. Yeah. Put the work in. Yeah. And that goes with everything in life. Everything. So we really hope you guys hear what we're saying today and believe what we're putting down because we believe it's going to change your life if you change your mental mindset towards this. And what, what we're saying again, we said at the start, competence equals confidence. That's the key. Yes. So believe that and you will do great. I promise. We both promise. We've been there. Yes. Thanks for listening again, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys.